Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of After Hours Politics, hosted by yours truly, Julio. Back at it again with a, which appears to be our new regular guest for these episodes, Zach. Been zoom tight. And uh, forgive that uh, this is coming out again, like the last episode, a day later than usual. New work and everything, but the point is, is that you know it's here now. Your long-awaited wait is over. So let's get right. Let's get right into the news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of what's in the news this week, uh, of course, again, it's more Ukraine business. Uh, so far, what it looks like is going to happen economically. The consequences of all this is it look like looks like that there might be a bit of a food shortage. That's a little bit concerning. Uh, most of this is actually being attributed to the drastic increase for the price of fertilizer. And I, I think like, uh, I saw a story on Friday or Thursday talking about how it had risen to up to 10% and just, uh, 10% higher in just one day. And all of this is mostly because of not really just fertilizer itself being made in Russia or just the ingredients that uh, is used to make fertilizer is now coming to short supply. And with the shortages not helping with anything, it's uh, starting to become a little bit of a mess. So, uh, you know, uh, everyone sort of, I guess, be as prepared as you can possibly be. We're definitely going to be coming on some hard times. Uh, other than that, the other big stories, of course, is uh, the fa- the the internet. I guess the internet communist Vosh, if anyone's ever heard of him, it's a very progressive. Uh, I guess internet personality, very pedophile active, supporter, pedophile supporter, uh, has admitted to wanting to decriminalize decriminalize child pornography as long as you're not paying for it. Like really. That he he's come out he's come out with that take on his stream. I've seen the clip. Isn't he the fat guy too? Like the he's, with he's, the ponytail. He's larger. He he does have a ponytail though. Uh, you know your tip. What you would imagine to be almost like a neckbeard millennial. You know, very big scruffy beard ponytail. Anyway, he recently uh, on uh, on International Women's Day got into a bit of a Twitter spat. Because all the world news happens on Twitter, got into a little spat with the famed and also canceled author J.K. Rowling. Rowling, 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 Rowling. <laughs> About uh, the, the mostly the definition of a woman. Uh, so that was a little bit of an interesting take. And also in other news, we have. The final admission from the New York Times that the Hunter Biden laptop story was real and not just Russian disinformation. If anyone remembers that story back in the 2020 election, it was this laptop that had been recovered that had been left behind. I believe it's at at a hardware store was left behind, which contains some very incriminating emails of Joe Biden and his relationship with his, as we all know, morally and ethically corrupt son uh hunter biden in regards to dealings with you know foreign financial uh i, I guess tycoons you could call them crack pipes <laughs> and uh yeah, i saw the photo that was supposedly on that website uh that laptop a couple of them 
And oh boy, dude, that does that dude have some stories to tell? That man's got that, <laughs> that man's got the biggest balls in Washington. Uh, you talking about Hunter or you talking yeah. about Joe? Well, I mean, I'm, is he? I don't think he's really even involved in politics, is he? His only no, not of- that. It's the fact that uh, supposedly on that laptop is photos of him and Obama's daughter. Oh, that takes some balls, oh, bro. Shit, I only really paid attention to the emails. Wait, you for real on that? There was uh, supposedly photos of that. Photos of like one of the daughter's credit cards for cocaine with like cocaine on it <laughs> and lines of cocaine. It, I kid you not. If I can find the photos, I'll send it to you. Oh god, we're we're already listen. We're only like a few minutes in. We're already getting to the fuck shit territory. It's, it's, it was. It, I found that hilarious. Like dude, that dude's got the biggest balls in Washington. If he's in Washington. We are acute. We are essentially now insinuating that a daughter of a former president of the United States ta- took cocaine with Hunter Biden <laughs> and did some uh, did some stuff with him. But nah, it's just oh if it's true, which I have no idea it is. It is. It is pretty funny. Funny. Oh no, man's got uh, gall. Give him what? God, listen. I I think the main concern of everyone, at least back in 2020, was the emails, but. The big narrative in 2020 from the media when the story came out was like, oh, this is Russian information. Oh, we cannot confirm. This might be you know, Russian trolls trying to interfere with our national election. God, I wish I could pay to troll people. Yeah, you know, if uh, if trolling was such a lucrative business done by Russian oligarchs, you know, I would want to be paid for that, too. <laughs> but... No, apparently uh, this is this is very true information that only now the New York Times has just admitted. Probably because they finally realized that you know maybe they shouldn't have played bodyguard for Biden, considering the current climate of the country. Uh, I'm not sure if they exactly saw how all this would pan out, I, and I and I think this goes to show that the narrative, the media narrative crumbles more and more every day like this more and more embarrassing you know oh you know that story we told you was complete bonkers and fake and you're a conspiracy theorist from QAnon if you believe it well it turns out it's true like and this even goes god he was right again alex jones alex jones was right again that's another that's another corner in a jar everyone I honestly should have that. I should have an Alex Jones was right, like a swear jar. <laughs> the jar for Alex Jones. Yeah, the Alex Jones jar. I'll, I'll put like a, a a little frog hoodie on a it. Frog. <laughs> put a photo of Alex Jones on it. Put a photo of Alex Jones wearing a frog hoodie. <laughs> but yeah, the it's an interesting story so far. It's a, it's not the fastest news day. Uh, yeah, this week. week's news has been pretty slow. Yeah. Which is kind of grateful for. Yeah, slow by 2020 standards, mind yeah. you. <laughs> Not exactly by, uh, you know... Universal standards. Yeah, the good old days of back in, I don't know, like 2010 were really nothing. <laughs> good old days in the uh, recession, yeah. That's, that's but, a good way to put it. Listen, at least <laughs> everyone was occupied with, you know... With not money. Having, yeah, everyone was just <laughs> occupied with money. We weren't, like, dealing with... A world War. epidemic, a potential for World War Three. You know, it's. Uh, I, I think. Look I, on the I'm, bright side. Obama's not a president. I think we're about to see a very bright side if something happens in Russia. 
Right oh. side. Boom. A ver- a ver- we're going to have like a second sun for a quick moment. Flash. I wonder if the Russian nuclear missile program is still fully operational. I, I, you know I believe it probably is because that's like, if you're going to be a superpower, that's about near the only thing you need to have operating is yeah, the nuclear here, weapon program. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. We've already seen in Ukraine that Russian maintenance programs are not really up to standards. Yeah. So my only worry is that, you know, there well, maybe maybe this shouldn't worry everyone else, but I think this should be a worry for the Russians. Maybe if they open up the silo and they launch tube one, it decides to not launch out and just detonates inside the silo. <laughs> God. That's the good thing about nuclear missiles. If they fail to fully launch, they don't detonate the nuke. It just detonates the missile. I mean, I guess that's better. I suppose why I suppose that's why North Korea doesn't exactly feel all too alarmed testing their Walmart grade great value ICBMs. <laughs> Thankfully they haven't tried putting warheads on them yet, but I wonder how far that's gonna go. Probably not that far, but hopefully maybe. <laughs> but yeah, you know, life is uh life could be a lot better, but it could also be a lot worse. We're I know this is the prime time of our lives. I know we all said that in like 2019 when we first started hearing about COVID. Like, oh, uh, two yeah, weeks we, off, two week, fifteen days, fifteen days. They said to slow the spread. God, oh, I remember when that happened in college. You're we supposed to be out for two weeks. I didn't go back that entire semester. I didn't, I didn't even get crap from some of my professors for the rest of that semester. I didn't even know what grades I made. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> You just completely dropped off the face of the planet. Oh, yeah. Besides taxes, like, the IRS knows where I'm at. The IRS always knows where we there are. Two certain things. Well, there's three certain things in life. Uh, nuclear war comes at some point. Taxes and death. Yeah. 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 This is life. This is what we gotta deal with. Hey, life in the fast lane. This is a superpower. Uh, speaking speaking of, uh, of COVID... I actually just remind me of another story that came out this week. Uh, they decided to finally drag Fauci back on the TV for him to tell us that there's a new variant and you need to wear two to three masks. I I, I don't even know if that. I don't even know what he said. I'm gonna be honest. I've completely tapped out on COVID news. I'm I I just I've just said, listen, it's done. It's over. I want to live for once. I, for a virus that has a 99.7 survival rate, I really don't care anymore. At, yeah, at this point, I could not give two shits about it. And honestly, the more variants that come out, the less lethal they're turning out to be. So I'm honestly not all that concerned with catching the case of the sniffles. Look, apparently I had it at some point, but I didn't get none of the side, none of the side effects. You know, I must be immune. Uh, there's a lot of people who were asymptomatic. One of my own, like, this was during, like, the height of COVID. My uncle got it because he worked at a hospital as a maintenance guy. Yeah. He completely asymptomatic. It was it was amazing. I was about to go to work, and my grandfather walked in. He's like, hey, I got COVID. And he walked up to me and said it. I was like, why would you do this to me? I can't go to work <laughs> now. <laughs> I can't go to work, guys. I'm so ashamed. I, I, know, I'll I, I was wanting some money. Guess, I guess I, I'll have to stay home. Yeah, proceed to play like probably day. I think I'd play Daisy a lot during that time. 
you know, kind of ironic if you think about it. Well, I I don't play DayZ like normal people play DayZ. I play it to kind of like camp. Because all the yeah. servers I play on have little to no players. So I can just set up a fire somewhere deep in Chinaris and just camp out. No one listening to this probably doesn't even know what Daisy <laughs> yeah. is. That's the best part. Uh, Not worth your money, unless you like doing what I do. To, to, in short, it's just zombie survival with, with guns. That's all you really need to know. It's in Russia, so it's very scary. It's in, it's in Russia, therefore scary. Scary it's like, Russian, man. It's, it's like Tarkov, but with zombies. Uh, once I get my, I think about getting a new mouse since this one's kind of messing up on me. I might actually get back into Tarkov. I, all I've been doing is like letting my Bitcoin miner in that game go. Oh, Bitcoin? Yeah, they're like 340,000 rubles each. <sighs> so I can just let that little bu- puppy burr for a little while. Honestly, I, I, ha- I haven't been looking on any of the updates of what's been going on in Ukraine. All. The only thing I keep hearing about is, you know, lots of refugees, foreign uh, fighters. Russia's going no longer in. losing, apparently, as every Ukrainian supporter said. Russia's no longer losing. Yeah. Huh. All right. I heard a lot of people saying that Russia was going to lose this. They were going to get bogged down in like a week. And then they started like slur- slurping up cities like No Tomorrow. Eh, could have gone a lot better for the Russians, if I'm going to be honest. They fucked up pretty bad. At least Look, in the, the fir- about in the first two weeks, I would say. It was a pretty slow progress. I mean, it, it, it isn't going to be like in Afghanistan or anything like that, because Ukraine isn't poor, homeless people in the middle of a desert fighting with weapons from the 70s. Well, even then, the people in the mountains, they, I mean, listen, for what they had, they were doing pretty well. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get you that. Yeah, they're doing really right. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I wonder if Putin is going to beat, like, Hitler's time for conquering nations. I doubt it. I think the fastest one was, like, three weeks, and that was in Poland. Honestly, I can't remember what day we're on in terms of like the Russian invasion. I know we're past two weeks, but I can't. Rem- I don't know when. February twenty eighth or seventh is when it started. February twenty. You said twenty seventh is when it started. Yeah, twenty seventh, I believe. Uh, Somewhere okay. in the twenties, it started. So it's been twenty one days, about. Uh, somewhere wow. around that. Wow. Okay, so it's already been three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, you know. I mean, it, it's not like the Germans are invading Denmark or something where it, they collapsed in what six hours or eight well, hours. I mean, you can't really count that. It's not really, an, <laughs> it's not really an invasion. It's more if you're just, you're just not really a nation. In. That's what I thought you were gonna say. That no, was gonna be no. really funny. <laughs> oh well, I mean, come on. If you could just walk right into it and it's now yours, is it really a nation? Fair point. It's just the, it's just the collective group of towns, villages, and maybe a few cities where people recognize its autonomy, but you also recognize that you can just walk in and take it. It's like you're talking about Luxembourg or like uh, Liechtenstein or something. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> honestly, the only thing that defines them as a nation is that they have a government and that's about it, but in terms of like an actual sovereign nation, well they can't really protect their own sovereignty if they tried. Oh, so, 
Yeah, I don't know. Would technically Switzerland fall into that category? <laughs> no, because if anyone ever did anything to the Swiss, oh my lord, their their bank account would be seized, all their gold would be gone. <laughs> you gotta remember that. The Swiss, you do anything to the Swiss, you're gonna lose all your money. Alright, fair enough. Yeah, maybe the Danes should have thought about that. <laughs> Putting everyone's money into their country. Yeah, listen, like... If you're small, you gotta make what little power you have count. Fair point. Apparently, Denmark didn't take uh, didn't take the hint. Denmark didn't take take the hint. Was it like relationship advice? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, there's a lot of points looking back in history where people just absolutely fuck the hell up. Like, for example. Did you know that the French, when they built the Maginot Line, they had planned for it to extend into Belgium? Yeah. Well, the Belgians never bothered building the damn thing because they didn't want to, quote, antagonize the Germans again. Because apparently they didn't learn from the First War that Germany doesn't exactly need an excuse to invade you. <laughs> they kind of just do it if they want to, just to get into France. So they didn't learn their lesson the first time. I bet Netherlands thought they'd be all right. <laughs> Both Belgium and the Netherlands, I'm sure, thought that, oh, the Germans will never go through here. Luxembourg. I, <laughs> I think Belgium should have been a little bit more careful, but I, I think Netherlands had an all right reason for not doing it. Because the Netherlands wasn't in World War One. They never got invaded. They were just like... Wait, weren't they just, weren't they just one country, though, in World War One? No. Was there uh, they, were, they were two. Are you sure? Huh. Maybe like... I I, I don't think Belgium existed until like the 1800s. I actually, my, my memory is not good right now. I, I think. Oh, let me see. Uh, World War One map, uh, because I'm sure that the Netherlands, if it did exist, did get invaded. No. Huh. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Then I wonder why they didn't go through the Netherlands. Oh well. But yeah, it was kind of kind of fucked up if you're not extending your own fortifications just because you don't want to antagonize the person who has already made it clear that they don't need antagonization to attack you. Blame yeah. Schlieffelin if you're going to blame anybody. I play, listen, I blame Schlieffelin for, you know, making making the plan. Well, making the plan, like it's not like it's it's not like it does turn this begin to turn more to like a history podcast right now. Yeah. But like, but like it's not like <laughs> it's not like it was a bad idea to try and bust in through Belgium to take Paris. The neutral was, territory that was a weak nation. But that you know, I think that was the only reason that brought Britain into the war too was the invasion of Belgium. Like it wasn't honestly all that much of a bad idea until you consider that you know the UK specifically said hey if you invade belgium we're going to join the war against you or you know if Look. the Germ if the germans maybe hadn't taken so long in actually seizing belgium like that was another part of the problem just the time it took to go through belgium was really what put a damper on their plans to seize paris i'll tell you what i got to give the germans credit in the span of 40 years, they went, all right, we can take on the world. And Twice. they did. <laughs> and they did. Twice. Yeah. On, and they were a close, it was a close first. 
and it got very close the second time. I mean, do you think they really would have gotten all that far in the second time? Honestly, if they didn't antagonize uh, Poland as much, or is the Soviet Union maybe? If it, if they would have stayed, if it wasn't been, if it really was stayed, probably one sided war, I could see something. But mm. at the same time, Stalin was going to invade anyway. Do you really think he was he was planning to? Yeah, he was planning on it. Hmm. You know, I guess that's probably why he was so shocked upon hearing that Hitler had invaded. It was like, what? They did it first? <laughs> what? They did? I had a whole plan set up and everything. But Zukov isn't ready. <laughs> Heck, imagine if the war started uh, the Vienna Conference. How bad that would have been. Uh, imagine if Zukov was leader of, of the Soviet Union. I would have much preferred that. I, I, well, after Stalin's death, they did fear he would take over. A military yeah. coup. Well, I mean... He, he was did... the marshal of the Soviet Union. Well, yeah, he did. Didn't he basically take part in a coup, though, to get rid of Beria? Yeah, because Beria was a pedophile. Well, no, I mean, they well, didn't yeah. get rid of Beria. They got rid of the first guy, uh, too. They got rid of uh, the NKVD. Well, the NKVD was, I think, the biggest concern. Because they got rid of Beria that, was the head and of then that. No. They get, with Beria, they got rid of that. And then they kind of... Khrushchev kind of overtook Georgie, whatever his name was. Yeah, I think I think it was Ma- Malenkov, maybe. No, Malenkov was someone else. I think. Slavic names all sound the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all I've Kov and Mer names. It's like, oh yeah, I can, well, t- I can toss. Well, a... well, what about Stalin? I know Stalin? he's Ge- I know he's Georgian, but like you know that, look, that still look, okay. You can't just pull that out of a hat. Yes, I can. <laughs> Joseph Stalin, there. No no errs and offs and any of that. Uh, Go ahead. Well, look, all right, let's look at his middle name. <laughs> well, what's his middle name? Visanovich. Oh, come on. You can't do that. Yeah, uh, uh, born Yosef. Oh shit! Oh, I oh I think, hold on. I think Zach has had a, I think Zach has had a major disconnect. Hold on. Wow. Wait, did you did you disconnect for a moment? Oh boy. All right. <laughs> what the hell just happened? All right. Sorry, folks, for this little disturbance. Uh, How do I make? Oh wait, are you back? Is he back? You there? All right, my power just went out, but basically his actual birth name was a very long itch name. Wait, so I was wait, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> your, your power went out? My power went out for a split, split second, so the local power company must have... But yeah, uh, Joseph Stalin's birth name was... Uh, it, ended, it was a big, long Russian name, so technically I'm still in the right. God damn it, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> No worry, I'm starring everything Listen, back. Then. You, you, you get can't, to enjoy my audio from my phone. Oh, I just you, lost you all my progress and fought at war. Or Black Ops. I was playing zombies. I, I was like I was like trying to nonchalantly play zombies in the background. He has a tendency to do that. He likes to play video games in the middle of the recordings. It's great. And the best part is I got to round twenty five and I was balling. 
Like, I was trying to see, because I have a tendency to, like, act like my character. So if I get hit, I go, ah, or something like that. I'll make, like, a random noise. But, okay, everything's back up. Yeah. Um, All right, well, well, while he gets that set up, I, I would like to apologize to everyone for that slight disconnect. I'd also like to apologize for everyone for turning this into a more of a history podcast at the moment. This podcast is sponsored by Dollar Shave Grub. Up dollar shave grub. <laughs> we shave your kiwis, your grub, anything got hair on it, we shave it. Oh, oh god, that's gonna go with a place where it shouldn't go. <laughs> you shaving if you got food as hairy, you got a problem. No, kiwi, kiwis are hairy. That's Have why ever... I, na- I, na- I named kiwis specifically because exactly. of that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I wonder, <laughs> this is a weird question. Are there any other hairy fruits? Actually, I think there are. I mean, wait, is it coconut a fruit? I don't know, but we can count it right now. Berry foods. I guess a coconut, you could shave that. A coconut. Uh, a kiwi. <laughs> a peach is technically hairy. Is it, is it really, though? A it's moldy cold, strawberry. A Corn on the cob actually has a fuzz in it. Well, okay, yeah, that, that one. God, this is a strange episode. <laughs> what? Wait. Well, why is it? Oh, I don't know why it told me moldy strawberry. I'm also looking at like something called Spoon University. What? Yeah. Spoon University. I went down. The first thing I saw on YouTube was hair, a vegan chicken nuggets, and I don't want to look at this anymore. Oh my god! Yeah, this is what you're you're gonna be subjected to for the rest of this episode, everyone. You know, week. you should really rebrand this podcast to the random I... crap I get into plus I politics. Should... I should not. I should not. I'm keeping <laughs> We're trying to re- keep it as much to politics as much as we can. Oh, but, sweet Jesus, man. Know, we're, we're, listen, we're only going on a short tangent. <laughs> it was loosely look, connected to politics. Look, I, this is acceptable because my power went out. <laughs> my brain's got to reboot along with it. Oh, come on now. You're not that connected to the internet. No, not that. It's just I'm very hyper- so once something happens, I like fixate on it. You know what? I sent I, I sent them in with that. Yeah, that tech. You know, we could technically take that down the politics route, talking about how society, how hyper society is, or how ADHD kids are given basically methamphetamine to go through daily life, and now they're stuck on it, like me. Well, well, that too. But also about society sort of collapsing or the ideas of like how we're all going to eventually be hooked up to the metaverse. You know, <laughs> look, Zuckerberg's brain. I will, I will gladly look at anyone in the eye that wants to hook me up to the metaverse forcefully. I will say, give me a gun and I, I, will, I will walk outside and you won't have to ever hook me up. You would rather kill yourself than hook yourself up to the metaverse. Yeah, I think I'd rather I'd I'd rather you know have my whole life be something I choose and be real and then be a false reality that's better. See, we brought it back to politics. <laughs> like See, I'd yeah. rather I'd rather wake up in the morning going, "Wow, Joe Biden did get elected," but this is real. And then, oh wow, someone actually good for the United States got elected, but this is not real. See, I think that the problem with like these new sort of uh vr games like you know vr chat very don't don't get me started on very 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 quickly you kind of begin to fall into a bit of a degeneracy look you think look i'm i'm like winston churchill 
I like his. I like what he did. I liked what he said. You know, if the best uh, argument against democracy is your average talk, a five minute talk with your average voter. I mean, you go into VR chat and you got to think these people have the same voting rights as me. This dude is sleeping <laughs> in a hot tub in virtual reality in an anime suit, and this dude's probably four hundred pounds. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I think we as a society, this is why I think that like, like bullying like, should come back into schools. Not like that. <laughs> I was thinking more of like social media is like, is a pox on humanity and it completely breaks. the. Dude, social, I, if I was the a senator, binary. if I was a senator, man, and a bill guy introduced a ban, basically a majority of social media besides like funny photo posting ones. I'd instantly, I'd instantly sign my name on that bill. <laughs> I'd sign, I'd sign on the dotted line. If I had to vote for it, I'd go down to the voting booth. I'd put a freaking shirt on, say "Vote for Article 1740," <laughs> and I'd be walking the streets yelling, "Vote, vote, vote!" Yeah, what, what if it included Discord? Well, I, I don't really count this as a. Uh, it's not a social media, really. It's more of a, a communication yeah, hub. It's kind of like Skype. You know, or Guild. Yeah. Uh, Wait, did Skype ever have servers? Uh, no, I but you can call people it. and you can have multi calls, which is basically what Discord is. It just eh. has a chat feature with it. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's acceptable. But yeah, I, I think that the advent of social media has kind has of been a disaster for the human race. It's been a disaster for the human race because we branch ourselves out to so many people at the same time. We've completely cut ourselves off from everyone within our inner circle like yeah it's great i can talk to rajid like you know <laughs> like like a hundred like a hundred thousand miles away uh all the way in like pakistan or bangladesh with like the click of a button it's easy for me to communicate with people very 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 far away from me at a fairly minimal cost by like comparing back then where it took like months to travel just from europe to to the new world Dude. but be, but because of like how wide our options are to the outside world, we completely cut. We've completely like cut ourselves off from actual interpersonal relationships, and it's kind of sad. It's very. It's almost like very depressing. The because... only good thing I can say about the internet is that when I was younger, I could keep in contact with my school friends, considering how far away I lived from my school. That's the only good thing. Well, I, I, I can tell you, I can literally sit here for the next probably 20 days and list off every negative feature of the internet. Uh, recognition of 78 genders. I was going to say, like, unfiltered access to the internet at such a young age. I know a lot of women that have done a lot of things on the internet when they're younger and illegal. Ah, that yeah. They shouldn't be doing. That's, I, uh, that's that is a very problem. bad thing, I, especially when they're psychically like screwed over by some dude from freaking Florida or something where they're like, Hey, you, you know, I love you and stuff like that. That, that, that's, that's where, you know, that's the only point I, I, I support no knock warrants is knocking down some pedophile's door, putting a nine mil through his like chest. See, that's another problem is that relationships over the internet simply do not work. It, well, it's not. That's not really a relationship thing. It's a more of a. Uh, well, well. So sometimes it's exploitation, but yeah. So just the people you'll meet on the internet, like 
I have sadly been down the road where I have actually been in a relationship with someone, and they were bipolar. They weren't even a woman. No, no, they were a woman. That's the that's the that's the effed up part. You you trying to say that it's effed up that a woman's bipolar? Man, have you ever met one? No, not that. It's like how psychologically damaging that relationship was, because yeah. it was a constant on and off thing, and. God, I, 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 to this day, I regret, and I regret even talking to her. I'll be completely honest with you. Was this over Discord or Skype, uh, or was it like a RuneScape thing? It was mostly over text, I believe. We met um some like, God, what are we? I think it was on DeviantArt. I w- I had an account like over years and years and years ago, like when I was around like thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Looking back on it now, it was a horrible, horrible error. And that is what, and that is partially the reason why I'm opposed to social media. It connects you to people that you shouldn't have connected to in the first place. Exactly, and you'll find a lot. And at least in like, <laughs> at least in real life, you 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 can get a better sense of the person before you fully engage with them. Yeah, like you can be true. able to tell the personality at least before you go balls deep and and find yourself in the bind. It, you, it, people who are listening, you can take that with, however you want it. I'm not saying <laughs> you, you can take that with the grain of salt I put it on. <laughs> but you know, I, I it's just very, it's very sad the 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 lack of uh, the lack of connections that people are having nowadays with each other. And you know, too, in the internet and social media, it just makes everyone so. So tribal, too. It's very, very, to- very toxic. It brings out the worst in people. I mean, yeah, there's people who watch anime. I just don't know why. <laughs> people, there's people the only reason I said that because I, I, I'm, I'm hovering over someone's profile, my friend's lips, and they have the background for their Steam profiles. Two girls rubbing up on each other, and I was like, "This is the most disgusting thing I've seen." <laughs> I sadly have friends who you who like on a weekly basis will change their profile picture to another anime character and uh, i can't i can't man like people i can only go as far as to say like if it's nothing too bad i'm like all right what up like this one in mine it's just some girl rocking back and forth with cat ears and it's like oh that's not that bad well yeah but like i mean look at you look at your profile picture i mean you people can't see what your profile picture is but uh look mine's just a dancing one that's okay it's from one of uh, a really good game which i will recommend you try to play one day it is really fun platformer but you know it's 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 like an internet rule at this point that someone who has like an anime profile picture beware Yes, beware. They it's like they... it's like anyone with a dog profile picture. Like you're about to hear probably some of the stupidest stuff in your entire life. You know what? That's a new one. I haven't heard that one before. Well, they're, they're either going to be a furry or an animal rights activist. And usually, yeah. the animal rights activists don't n- mention about their profile picture. Oh well, some of them might be maps. Oh yeah, you got that right. Minor. I've got a guy on my server. Uh, Wait, he's no, a conservative, no. furry, oh, oh. gay Jewish man. Wait, what? From New York. And he huh. has had some of the strangest uh, opinions about things. Uh, he supports Ukraine, which is funny because okay. he's Jewish. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was the photo, the, the video, the, uh, the Azov battalions. If anyone's yeah. wondering what he's, uh, there's the video for. of someone posted of the kid with the rifle standing in front of the Azov battalion I've guy with the black seen sun. That video, and he put based kid, <laughs> based kid. Yeah. Okay, listen, I I am all for people's right for self defense, and I don't like Russia. <laughs> I would much rather side with Ukraine in the conflict, to be honest. That doesn't mean, like, I I am going to completely throw in my lot with the Nazi battalions in Ukraine, though. Well, you, like, what do you mean? We can't let the fear down. <laughs> I don't even know what they believe, the Azov battalion. I mean, yes, they're well, Nazis. I understand that. But, like, what exactly do they believe in the National like, Socialism? Okay, fair enough. But what? racially i mean like because you know they're not german they're not aryans so i don't know do they just what do they believe in U ukraine supremacy like do they believe that there's some sort of jewish conspiracy to get the russians to invade ukraine like are they happy that they're supporting their president who is also jewish like I don't know. These are these are weird, weird questions that come up during this conflict because I've seen posts already where like anarchists are throwing their lot in like in, in support of the Azov battalion. I'm like, you know, out of the two most divergent political groups somehow now supporting the other. I never thought I'd see the day where anti or like anti-fascists or anarchists would be going around like tweeting tweeting oh, support. Yeah, for, I, lo I for love Nazi I love Nazi battalions. They're so good, so tasty. It's, I just love how nationalistic the left has gotten over Ukraine. It's so weird because yeah, we're not allowed to have we're not allowed to be nationalists in the United States, but you know. Ukraine, it's fine because, you know, they're being invaded. It's also fine that Ukraine is handing out automatic weapons. God. To, to, what to I do, that. what I do to walk to my nearest post office and have an FBI agent hand me over like an M16A4. Yeah, like. Oh God my damn. God. You don't understand how happy I'd be. I've been trying to build an AK, an, an AR, no, not an AR, my AR 15. I've been trying to build an M16A4 clone. Oh, be careful! The ATF for, might you well, now. it's semi-automatic, so that's why <laughs> I, I'm saying that's why I put the word "clone" afterwards. But I've been trying to build the clone for like a year now, and but my, but, well, my problem is uh, the fact that when I go to try to find the single part I need, which is the uh, Knight's Armament rail, I just can't find it. Like they're all out of stock. So I was looking at getting one that's similar to it, but I can't use the front sight with it because it just takes down the front sight, and I have to use a low-profile uh, gas block with it. Is there any way that you can get that part custom made? I mean, I'm not exactly probably. With, I'm not exactly fluent with gun language, so I don't know what exactly you can and cannot get someone to build. I but... could, I could probably go out and buy uh, FN, the guys who made the P90 and the FN57. Yeah, why don't you fucking, uh, ask, why don't you fucking they ask? They have a upper that's like five to six hundred dollars, well oh, over the price of the rail. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bit expensive because the rail itself is like four hundred. Okay. Because 
But I, people would probably buy it all up as military because it's a military contract. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, they probably charge a premium for that stuff then. Yeah. But it's been driving me up a wall. I've got the carry handle. I've got the funny little uh, stock, butt stock and everything. But I just can't find that rail. So right now I just got in its original configuration of the M16A1. But yeah. did, I t- did I tell you, actually, funny story talking about ARs. I got swooped into buying another one at a gun show. And you I got- just like, went, like, all right, I'll buy it. You got swindled into buying another one. Yeah, the AR was five hundred bucks, and I got uh, about seven hundred fifty rounds of ammunition for another five hundred bucks. How many do you have? You you have why? Why why would you need another one? Well, one's a twenty inch barrel. The other one's sixteen inch barrel. And what does that mean Uh, for everyone else? Twenty inch barrel is very long, kind of heavy barrel, but it's good for penetrating armor. Uh, the second one is for close quarters stuff like that. If I ever wanted to get like, if I ever, ever wanted to become a Reddit operator and do like ever, the fa- yeah, uh, yeah. was it low drag fast action Reddit operators, what they call themselves or something like that. I I don't know about anything that goes on with Reddit. I I barely <laughs> touch social media as it is, man. Discord and even even again, Discord isn't really social media, but this is really the only thing I touch. Nothing else. <laughs> I just stopped myself there. Uh but uh yeah. But yeah, I've been looking for AKs and stuff now. I'm just saving my money for a pistol now. Because that's what we do here. But it's like it's like ridiculous now, the double standard that and and I've seen Occupy you ever heard of Occupied Democrats? I think I have, yes. Yeah, this you know, pretty big pol- uh, progressive activist group. Someone someone caught them red-handed. Like, a few years back, they tweeted that, oh, there's no reason that you should have an AR-15, you know, the the typical sort of liberal uh, argument for gun control. Liberal scum. And then, you know, it shows a tweet from maybe a day or two after the invasion when Ukraine announced that they were giving out automatic weapons. And the Occupy Democrats tweeted, like, oh, this is a great, brave thing, you know, supplying everyone with automatic weapons. It's a great idea for securing freedom. And it's like, okay, well, you can't, you, you can't have both. You're either going to restrict our access to firearms, to, to semi-auto firearms, or you're, Look, going, or you're going to give us fully automatic. I but pray just... that with our generation nowadays, with how a lot of them are kind of grabbing out to the farther extremes, I hope one of these people repeal the uh, NFA so bad. Oh my god. Nah, National Firearms Act? Yeah, repeal that. Repeal the 1986 gun lo- control, 1968 gun control, and the rest. And 1934 gun control. Dude, if they could repeal all that, I'd be a happy man. But this is the, this is the problem, I, I think, just with like progressive morality or like progressive stance. Is that oh yeah. There's no moral framework. It's about anything that gets them more power. There's no consistency. And that is why we've seen like, you know, double standards and uh, almost like a, a complete lack of self-awareness when a few months ago they'll have one position and then a month later they'll completely do a 180 and do the opposite of it just for the sake of like improving PR or or just grabbing a hold of more power there, there's no sense to it it's only what can I do 
that will get me more influence and power. And that's what they do. There's no standards to this. What can I do that makes me the most money? Yeah, honestly. But at least, at least then, you know, if, if it's about money, you know, then you could argue that there's almost like some sort of standard for it. But if you have like no attachment to your moral framework and you just do things willy nilly for the sake of, you know, gets you more gets you more influence or more, like, more, more views on YouTube. It gets you more views on YouTube or like more clout. You know, <laughs> the... <laughs> well, you can use that word. <laughs> I honest to God, never thought I'd hear you say that. May almost maybe start crying. Uh, oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> like, you know, more political clout. It's stop laughing <laughs> it's just it's such a weird word to hear nowadays man i i know these new words are kind of funky but like you get the idea when there's no attachment to a moral framework and you're just doing things willy-nilly for the sake of it gets you more attention or more power or more influence or more or more clout then uh it makes me so disgusted honestly sometimes just the lack of self-awareness or understanding just the lack of any sort of guiding principles like these people have absolutely no principles and what's getting worse is that what we've seen with the uh parental or i think it's the parental rights and education act or what what the left has referred to as the don't say gay bill in florida they they've shown themselves to be completely unwilling to even read what the bill says before criticizing it. They will immediately take the mainstream narrative. They will take the headline where it's incorrectly referring it to as the "Don't Say Gay" bill and just immediately run with it. Just assume that Florida is and DeSantis is up to their old their old conservative antics and targeting gay people because you know they're religious and they don't like gay people and they think being gay is a sin. Yada yada yada. Completely ignore the fact that the bill does not specify that it about banning specifically gay or LGBT topics sex uh sexual orientation in terms of like you know being homosexual or just sex or gender identity it just says that plainly no topics about no talks about sexual orientation or any sort of gender identity whether it affirms or rejects it or in terms of social orientation whether it's like gay straight asexual or whatever it views those topics as just simply inappropriate and I agree. I think those topics are inappropriate for kids because, you know, I did not understand what any of this stuff meant when I was in kindergarten. Like, people make the argument that, oh, kids, young kids nowadays, you know, they say curse words, they're on their phones, they're exposed to this stuff. Well, that shouldn't make it okay. What do you like, mean I don't have the right to groom your son? That's That's the problem. Like, there's a lot of people, I feel like, who are disappointed now that they're not able <laughs> to sort of indoctrinate these kids in, in this left-wing sort of progressive politics. And that's what the education system has sadly become, especially when you go into the higher levels. And speaking from going to college, like, I know this already. 
those people are there. There are a lot of people there specifically just to fill your fill your head with nonsense, political ideal nonsense. And the sad part is a lot of the a lot of these colleges as just as a graduation requirement require you to take like a diversity class or something like that. That, oh, yeah. that's that's a, that's a mandated thing that they require you to take. So you're you're forced to have to go through the political nonsense that is like some of the ideas that are being turned on in universities. And that is why I think like stuff like the Florida bill, even though some in some aspects I don't think it really goes far enough, I think it's a pretty good start just to let parents specifically I think the, this is one of just the biggest things I think everyone's just ignoring. It just lets parents know what's going on with their the children or or what they're being taught in school, and I think that's probably what scares the left the most because there's nothing more powerful than an angry parent. There's almost nothing on this planet that's more powerful than that. When you're talking within like a local community or or even just influencing politics, nothing nothing has more influence than angry parents. And so now that they're, I feel like there are a lot of parents who are finally starting to catch on to what's going on in their schools. And a lot of them are just not having it. And that's why bills like this are coming in the first place. Like, I think also there's a, there's a rejection of like, well, what's the context of this bill? You know, why do people, why does DeSantis uh, view this as like a proper time to institute a bill like this? Like why did this bill come about? Well, there are stories from Florida school districts, one instance, to where this family had a child going to the school and apparently was having issues with gender identity, but the parents never learned about it because the school kept it hush-hush. Like, the school would have secret sort of gender identity meetings with the student, and the parents didn't figure this out until the child attempted to off themselves. So gay meetings, they're like, we can't have this. And I think like the school's defense for like keeping this hush hush was that oh well the family's Catholic, so they would immediately jump on their own child God for questioning their gender identity. And the father's response is like, Well, you know, our religion teaches us to love our children. Like I'm not I'm not going to say that religious nutjobs don't exist and that if their son came out as gay or transgender or something that that kid wouldn't be like slapped the shit out of but that's like that's a completely separate issue on its own. The issue here is that you have schools either doing it behind the parents back yeah, without proper it, permission. Yeah, well doing it behind the parents back and just just not letting the parents know. And it's Honestly, it's honestly disgusting because it, it's grooming, it's indoctrination. You're you're like you're setting these kids up for like mental trauma, and that's what this is. You're 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 inflicting mental trauma on these kids by force by forcing this on them. H have you ever heard of like uh the 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 sexy summer camp? Uh, no. What is that? It is a group of. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it like this: uh, whack jobs in the Appalach in the Appalachian areas of Kentucky, who 
host these seminars based around what what they put up as like sex education uh aimed at young people my, my and the children and one of them uh one of the i guess counselors i guess you could say at the summer program has a video openly bragging about how as soon as her nephews would talk they were touching parts that usually they shouldn't be touching i see so you know if these are the types of people that are taking it upon themselves to teach children safe uh, safe sexual education I'm not sure if I want to know what some of the teachers in these school districts think, considering that, you know, teachers on the whole tend to be a little bit more left left leaning than others than, yeah. than than most other people. And I think that's why the Florida bill was very important. I think it was I think if anything, it's beginning to expose and uh, well, I think maybe what was going on in schools was already exposed because of COVID, because everyone was on Zoom classes and everyone was home, so parents would actually get to listen in on what their kids were learning. But now, bills like this are the consequence, and I think this is just going to ramp up more and more. Oh, definitely. And you know, God, God, God bless the parents, man, because... They're they're the ones who I think are are hurting most right now, having to like watch this stuff happen because like you know in Florida they're doing something about it, but you know I can't imagine over here in New York that anything is really going to get done. No. God, I, I I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if stuff like stuff like like what I described with the uh, parent with the child, only after attempt to off themselves to the parents figure out that oh our child is having problems problems like and and even and even pro i i don't want to say problems only because you know i for me if the if the child event if someone eventually does come out as like you know they identify as like a different gender of like they're gay or something like i don't care that's that that that's them and if anything that's should be like the parents issue but the school takes it upon themselves because they view themselves as either morally superior to the parent or they think that oh we we know better how to raise children than the parents of this child. And it's it's just it's, ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous, man. Like we already people already know openly how badly the state treats children with like CPS. Like how many times the state has openly failed children yet Somehow, some way, these people, for the sake of only wanting to secure more power and influence over people, will let the state control have even more. They want the state to have even more control over children's lives. It's it's sickening, man. And like, I remember years years ago, I started like seeing signs and. The sort of LGBT push that, like, there were people, like, on the down low trying to advocate for, like, accepting pedophiles or, you know, like, oh, not all pedophiles are, 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 like, are like, horrible people. 
and it was, and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to start seeing this more and more as the years go by. And turns out, well, <laughs> what do you know? Slowly and slowly, this is beginning to become like, it's beginning to become more mainstream. And you already see it all over, all over Twitter, people talking about being maps and having map pride. Twitter madness. That is just not something. I don't know how Twitter stays afloat sometimes. It survives off of its own hate. Yeah. Off of its own toxicity. It's like a it's like a self-consuming leech. <laughs> just latches onto itself and 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 while it while it takes in nutrition, it's also taking nutrition away from its own self. It's just an endless cycle. But if we know anything from the law of thermodynamics, there's no such thing as a 100% efficient cycle. So eventually, Twitter's going to suck itself dry. Oh, really? <laughs> I hope. I hope there will be a day where Twitter just collapses. Twitter's it's... sucking itself dry currently. I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, God. I... I... This podcast episode has gone to places I never expected it to go. This has been a very, this has been a very interesting episode. The inter- the episodes where it's just you and me so far have been the most fun. Ah. <laughs> I'm gonna forward that to your buddy that was in. <laughs> Wait, what are you gonna be forwarding? That you just said that we we have the most fun. It's just me and you. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, hey, sorry, nerd. You can't join anymore. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, he's a cool guy, though. I gotta, I gotta admit. No, he listen. He's nice. He has strange takes sometimes, but he's okay. nice. <laughs> Who doesn't? But like, okay, like for example, when I was talking, I was talking to him at one point about you know the don't say gay bill again. We're harking on this topic, but at one point he said, when it comes to teaching kids about you know LGBT stuff, homosexuality, you know that these people exist, we have to start them young. And I was like. You want to rephrase that? <laughs> Excuse me. Wait, I, I I don't know. I don't know, man. It's some some folk got really strange takes nowadays. Usually, I only see them on Twitter, but when I meet them in real life, it's something else. I must see them in real life. I get very scared. I get very scared because then I realize, oh my god, these people aren't just figments of my imagination or Twitter. They're real. Sometimes I, I think that. Twitter is honestly just a fever dream. <laughs> it used oh. to be said that, you know, nothing real actually happens on Twitter. But no. No, it's real. These people exist. And they vote. <laughs> and they <laughs> vote. They have the same voting rights as all of us. That's the scariest part of they vote. <laughs> Wait, I, I've always been for, like, a republic. Because... I, I have such an issue with people nowadays who say that the United States is a democracy. I'm like, no, no, we're a constitutional republic. There's a big difference. Have you read the manual? No. <laughs> it, says, it says it right here. But for real, though, like, people like to compare, like to say that, oh, Athens is like, Athens is a curve democracy. And that's true. But then people say that, like, Athens was like the predecessor, like the ancestor of the United States. I'm like, no, it wasn't. 
The ancestor was Rome. The, that's at least the closest thing to the political system we have nowadays. But even then, Rome didn't have a constitution. Doesn't have the same yeah, republic. Rome was just a wee bit better. <laughs> what was it really, though? <laughs> Look, if you can have a, a place where dictators can rise then instantly give up their power when they're no longer needed, I'd have to say it's a little bit better than what we got nowadays. Yeah, but what happened to the Roman Republic? Uh, Caesar was what happened to the Roman well, Republic. Yeah, a guy who decided to not give up his power. Not what happened was the Roman Senate killed him. Well, okay, they killed him, but do you really think that he would have given up his power? Yeah, because he didn't. Because anyone branded a king or anything like that, and Rome was instantly slaughtered by the civilians. Well, yeah, that that is well known, but I don't think Caesar would have just given up his power. He wasn't he like, had before. Yeah, but he wasn't like. Tola. Cringe. Not, not cringe. What was the name? <laughs> the plebeians and... Well, I, I guess they were cringe, in a sense. <laughs> Look, yeah. if you... if Instead of, like, somehow voting the dude out or, like, jailing him for wanting to, like, rule the kingdom or whatever, you decide just to take every single senator and stab him? Well, the, yeah. liber well, the, well, the liberators weren't exactly... Liberators, Brutus, you know, uh, you too, Brutus. Uh, there was Brutus. Uh, there was a Cicero. He, I don't. He wasn't directly involved in the stabbing, but he did have some influence over the plot. And the uh, God, there was a uh, there was a quite a few centers in that plot. I'm sorry, my Roman history is failing me right now. But how could you? But the but this conspiracy of people they called themselves the Liberators, but they weren't the smartest. They weren't the smartest knives in the drawer. Well, number one, probably because they were elites who were just, for the most part, given power. But how they weren't smart was that they just thought that if they killed Caesar, that the system would just revert back to normal. And, you know, no more no more dictators. No like, more Mr. Bad Dictator. Yeah, like, they, did, they had no comprehension that what they did would have created a power vacuum. And they had no idea... That because of his immense popularity, that anyone who would claim to be his successor would immediately have the major support of the people. Which is, you know, that was their greatest downfall. It was not being able to see that people like Mark Anthony or eventually Octavian would be able to rise up from the ashes of, of Julius and sort of just take the reins of power. Or, or, or be able to supplant them. Because they thought they were going to be the guys in charge. Yeah. Like, when Mark Anthony and Octavian were fighting each other, they thought that, you know, oh, Mark Anthony and Octavian are fighting each other. They're just going to tear each other apart and we'll be fine. Or either that or whoever wins is going to be too weak to really stop us anyway. But no, they, Mark Anthony and Octavian just decided to actually join forces 
and wipe the floor with the liberators instead. What do you mean they joined forces? What do you mean they joined for? That's, <laughs> that's probably one hundred percent what they thought. It's like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa! What do you mean? Yeah, like, but like, I really don't think that Caesar would have gotten rid of his power, though. He worked. Like, guy worked way too hard to get it in the first place. You know how many people he had to kill off just to get power? The Gauls. Well, the, the Gauls is like you know, it's what got him in the into the controversy in the first place. You know, people thought in the Senate thought that he went a little bit too far in how he pursued uh, how he pursued the Gauls. But Did he really, go too far in something like that, though. Uh, it, the problem was that I think the Gauls that he originally attacked were viewed as like it, it was a state that was recognized by the Senate and therefore was technically a friend of Rome. But the the only reason that Caesar got involved in the first place was because. This king, uh, who was also like you know around in modern day France, was basically being kicked out by this migrating tribe, who was also recognized by the Roman Senate. So, you know, whoever he would pick sides with, he'd be pissing someone off. But like the Senate's main concern was that they thought that Caesar was way too ambitious, and he was. He was very ambitious, <laughs> and again, he he did fight a civil war in Rome. Because he crossed, you know, the Rubicon when the Senate told him not to do that. That's based, okay? Listen, based he was, I really don't think... Let me just remind you how based it was, okay? How based Julius Caesar was. I mean, can we really name a man who has been more... Who has done more for society than Julius Caesar? The man who crossed the Rubicon? Cross the Rubicon and pretty much set the and pretty much set Western history for the next few thousand years. Yeah, yeah. he did quite a bit. You can say the same thing about Alexander, though, because that, what yeah, Alexander, you, could what call Alex, the, you you could say the Twink did a lot for society as well. Twink. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone from Greek for that time was probably gay in a Twink. So well, I mean, technically, I mean, technically, if you called a Macedonian a Greek, I think most of the Greeks would be highly offended because they viewed themselves completely separate from the Macedonians until the Macedonians took them over, in which yeah. case they had no choice in the matter. What are they going to do? Throw stones at me? Like one of the big things that the Greeks, and especially I think the Athenians, had issues with the Macedonians over was that for the most part the Greeks were. Uh, monogamous. They they didn't have like you know, they didn't view as having more than one wife to be appropriate. The Macedonians just didn't care. They had, like, stones like mm, polygamy. I like, love it. Like like Philip II, Alexander's father, you know, had so many wives and so many concubines. It's it's sometimes people even question like who exactly was uh, you know Alexander's mom, but. You know, for the most part, I, I I don't know the name of the I don't know the name of like supposedly what was Alexander's mother, but you know have F- Philip he he was a player and a drunkard, a a man heavily known for drinking, to the point that there's a story that goes around that during a uh, a feast during a wedding, of course, a wedding that uh. That Philip, uh, I believe, I believe was Philip was getting married to. Well, of course, someone else. And at one point, the father of the bride came up and basically called, slapped Alexander. him on the butt, 
Well, no, he called Alexander a bastard child, pretty much. And Alexander was, you know, pretty pissed off about that. So he went to his dad and said, like, you know, you know, this guy's like fucking telling me off at like, you know, your own wedding. Aren't you gonna say something? Uh, but at the time, Philip wasn't exactly happy with Alexander's mom for some minute reason. Probably she probably didn't make a gyro well enough. But <laughs> but 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 he said, you know, oh, you're a grown man. You know, go f- go go fuck yourself. Uh, and that's what he did. No, but Alexander eventually, you know, he insulted his own dad. Philip got so angry that he took out his sword and charged towards Alexander's table. But he was so drunk that he didn't even make it to the table and just fell over. <laughs> All right, we'll continue this tomorrow. <laughs> and so Alexander is said to have remarked, you know, like, here's a man who wants to cross the Hellespot to, to attack Persia but can't even make it from one table to another. <laughs> that's, like, that's something else. Yeah, man, like, Alexander, uh, I, I, f- I think that either, sometimes I feel like he's just a little bit underrated, or sometimes vilified in modern history, just because, you know, oh, he's a, he's a white, Western it's European a white guy. male can't have yeah, that. Yeah, he's pretty much a he's a white famous guy. You know, he's a, he was a murderer, rapist, and psychopath. Well, you know, who wasn't these days, man? Yeah, honestly, like, do you are you really gonna say that the Persians weren't like you know murderous people? Do you know how many cities they sacked before the Greeks actually finally were able to you know conquer them? Do you know how many Greek cities the Persians sacked? Did a you know? This, did you know they sacked Athens? And burn down the entire Acropolis. Wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, the Greeks did it as well. But, again, sacking cities after you took them, it wasn't exactly a rarity. Like yeah, the only then. Like, like, the only things that made them memorable in history was just how badly you sacked that city. Which is why, like... You know, if you look into the Dark Ages and people constantly harking on about how the Vikings were brutal and fucking, you know, they 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 burned down monasteries, they just randomly sack villages. Okay, well, everyone did that. The Vikings were just the best at doing it. Yeah, like people give shit of uh, for the Vikings. Oh, you know, they were heathens, horrible, uh, horrible pagans. They would sack monasteries. Well, you, you know, it wasn't exactly uncommon that in a war. Someone, uh, some lord would go out and sack a church, even if he was Catholic, because, well, these churches usually had a lot of wealth in them, and that's very useful in, say, I don't know, funding a war or buying more mercenaries to fill up your army. Like, you know, churches were pretty affluent places back then. And that's why the Vikings were so amazed, you know, coming into these completely unprotected buildings filled with guys who do nothing but transcribe read. books and read <laughs> and be like, oh, they have all, and be like, oh, they have all this fucking gold here for no reason. They decorate their book covers literally with gold. God damn. You got, you got so much gold, you're doing it with books now? Yeah, like literally there are, there are Bibles that just had covers made of solid golden jewels and the Vikings would come across and like, holy shit. These guys are fucking, fucking stacked. And I, don't, so, I don't think they'll miss a couple pieces of gold. Yeah, and no wonder the Vikings decided to go on like a pillaging spree, especially, you know, after sacking Paris, the Carolingians, 
or the Franks, whoever, however you want to call them, basically said, "Okay, listen, you've made your point. How about no, you just have? No, how about you just have? How about you just have these big sacks of gold and just promise you'll never come back?" Well, that's a pretty. That turned out to be a pretty bad idea because so they came back. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, because all the other Norse people heard about this and like, so you're telling me that if we just go there and like kill a few peasants, maybe kill a guardsman or uh, while he's asleep or something like that, that these people will pay for us to leave? Oh, holy shit! I'm just gonna gather a couple of the boys, get on a ship, and just sail out and sack a village, and they'll fucking pay me to leave. This is the best money making scheme ever. But again, give us your money, please. I'm begging you. But again, like every, every everyone did this. It's just the Vikings who were the best at doing it. Yeah, I just want to. I, I I lost the forest through the trees for a second. <laughs> like, oh, fucking, did you now? Like, my eyes rolled into the back of my head, and they just start spouting like history facts. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm building a city now, and uh, I forgot. I've been just putting down wind turbines. I thought that's all you could for making power. Found out there's a coal plant you could put down. Yeah, we could probably talk. We could probably talk about you know like our energy lack of energy independence because of Biden. Oh my god! See, I have to hear this conversation every day at the dinner table. Please. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. Like gas prices are so expensive. I don't know what we're gonna do. Well, that's not even the biggest concern. Like. For years, uh, like, Europe was always concerned about, you know, like, the whole argument for EU and NATO was pretty much defend itself off against Russia, all the while Germany still makes, like, natural gas deals with the very same country that they've been saying that they're worried about. Yeah, what about it? You know, Trump was on, like, a podcast before it got taken down by YouTube. Yeah, nice nice political (laughs) censorship there. Fucking Susan Wojcicki. You, 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 you I'll, I'll let you try that one more time. Yeah, it's Polish. I mean, what what do you want me to do, Susan Wojcicki? Wojcicki? Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, the, the the censoring lady. You know, during a podcast, he said, like, you know, when I heard that Merkel made this like natural gas deal with Russia, I sent her like a little white flag of surrender. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, he's kind of right. You know, Europe is kind of... When you make deals like that, all the while saying that you're concerned about Russian aggression, you're kind of bending the knee to Russia's demands. And it didn't didn't help that Merkel pretty much turned off all the nuclear power plants in Germany after the Fukushima incident because, you know, tsunamis hit Germany. You know. Nuclear power would be so great for the world but everyone's just like no i don't want to do it no i saw chernobyl on hbo so i know it's a bad yeah, idea well, bunch yeah, of well, freaking awful russian made crack well, reactors not, 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 not even a russian just soviet that's the big concern that that that's the biggest reason why chernobyl was such a such a colossal mishap because you put the state in charge of everything don't be surprised when the state sees building a nuclear reactor is a little bit too expensive for their like they can't just print money into eternity unlike some people and you know they they decide that they want to cut some corners well it turns out when you cut corners with a nuclear power plant you're essentially slowly whittling down a nuclear reactor into a nuclear bomb 
don't be surprised, you know, when you put the state in charge of everything, that they might fuck up in a few slight ways on on in the grand scheme of things. But when it but when it really matters, those little things can turn into a major fucking problem. I don't get it, man. People people like criticize nuclear power so heavily just because of like you know Chernobyl or you know the point at like Fukushima power plant. Okay, yeah, well most places don't usually do get hit by earthquakes and tsunamis at like the same time. Things like Fukushima and like Chernobyl are complete rarities that either come down to human error or a, a, a unique. Ch chance a unique set of circumstances that usually doesn't happen like ag again angela merkel shutting down like nuclear reactors in germany when 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 is there ever really an earthquake i'm not even going to talk about tsunamis when is there really an earthquake in germany one that would be of major concern to cause a fire in a nuclear power plant that you cannot control like really yeah Hell, there's like a there's like a lot of good that that we can do with like like I'm not even all about the whole climate change sort of thing. Like I I know it exists, but like I'm I'm just so tired of the rhetoric over it. I I kind of tune it out for the most part. But if you want to actually talk about renewable energy, like people t always talk about, oh, just build more fucking wind turbines. Okay, well, do you know how environmentally damaging building some of those parts is? Uh-oh. you know that uh, for, you know, solar panels or, or wind turbines, there's a lot of parts in there that requires, you know, more fossil fuels to make? Did you know that, you know, if you, if you buy a Tesla, that... When you put in a charging station, that electrical power is usually coming from a coal plant. You should You're... all buy a Tesla. I don't know why you people are complaining about it. Uh... Why, why are you complaining about gas prices? Just buy a Tesla. <laughs> that was possibly the dumbest piece of thing. It, you know, out of touch some people are with society. It's, it's, it's extremely out of touch. It's incredibly out of touch. And I, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about CJ here and CJ. I know you're not here to defend yourself, but like, CJ, he's calling you a fat-lipped liar. <laughs> no, this is like big old stinky boy. Like, I, like I'm like I'm just bringing it up because it's relevant. But we we were talking, you know, about you know the rising gas prices and you know what we're gonna do about it. All this concern about you know, like people who are already not doing very financially well, having to pay even more just to get to work, to make the money in the first place that they need to pay for their amenities and gas now. And, you know, then he started talking about, like, oh, we need to rapidly affect, you know, the, the climate change that we've been doing. I'm like, okay, but cutting it off all at one point is pretty damaging to a lot of people because not everyone can afford a Tesla. <laughs> and it's so out of touch so many people talking about buying teslas to avoid gas prices well yeah again number one your power is still going to be coming from fossil fuels so you kind of lost me there and again this is a complete lack of and you know people progressives always like to talk about how you know where, where's the empathy from conservatives when talking about the poor well where's the empathy from like progressives talking about completely 
sidelining oil dependency or you know completely sideline fossil fuels and then and then tell everyone oh well just buy just buy a tesla just come on man buy a tesla please come just on buy, just buy a tesla just what do you mean you don't want to buy a tesla what, what do you mean you don't have the money to buy a tesla oh you're you're, you're just in you're you're just you're, an environmental terrorist <laughs> just a liberal <laughs> all just, came out. that was that would been that would have been real funny uh, You're just a liberal wannabe. Take away my taxes and all that. Yeah, it sounds like a libertarian. Yeah, yeah, you are true about that. How much is this? Five grand. But yeah, man, it's like, uh, I think this is part of the reason. Actually, no, I don't think it's part. This is part of a pattern that I see of the of the far left. And their disdain for the working class, the ironic disdain for the working class of f- far left movements that preach about, you know, like a social revolution or the rising up of the workers is completely either antagonistic or completely out of touch with the working class. It, it's it's on such a level that's not even funny, and I think. Part of the reason is that, you know, the left wing, under the guise of, you know, like, Marxism... The left wing hates black people. (laughs) Wait, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised. I'll be surprised if this this episode doesn't get taken off. For that one comment... I you don't know with Spotify nowadays because ever since the whole Joe Rogan cut controversy, they've been like changing their rules, talking about oh protecting against misinformation, and like yeah, I got like a total of so far three consistent, three or four consistent listeners to this podcast. But well, you never hello like, everybody. No, uh, you, ne- you can find this man at one two three New York Lane. <laughs> New York Lane. <laughs> dump your address and run for the hill. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, thank God. God imagine this... how awful that would be to do to somebody. That's just awful. Just like dump their address, and, like never speak to them again. Like gain their entire trust, and so just dump and run, and just dox oh, them right there. I'm, I'm losing money. Oh no. Yeah, that's everyone right now, Zach. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm running the city. That's not good. <laughs> well, listen, if. If we don't care about our fight, if we don't care about our national debt, then why do you have to? Why do video I mean, like thirty six mi- trillion dollars in debt? I I don't think it's thirty six. Only like thirty three. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like it's any better. Here, I got the debt finder on my phone. Give me a second. I I had yeah. I I might have mentioned it already before on this podcast, but I was part of a debate. And if I haven't, well, you know, this is your first time. I was on a debate between the college Republicans and the college Democrats at my university, and we talked about this. We talked about the debt, and essentially the argument from the Democrats was, well, you know, debt isn't really all that much of a concern, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just there, you know, it's fine. Oh, my phone's still off of Wi-Fi, because I uh, called you. Our argument, <laughs> you know, was that... Maybe we shouldn't be putting all this money into frivolous social policies and just waste. Maybe we should actually think about cutting the budget a little bit. And it's like, no, no, more social programs. It's not enough. 
And social programs say oh, like it's thirty trillion dollars. There you go, everyone. Thirty trillion dollars in debt. That's where we got. That's where we've been. I remember when it was twenty-three trillion I in debt, and that was and that, that was that was the big news back in the day. Oh, that we're twenty-three trillion in debt, and we should do something about it. U.S. cost of war. No, I'm not looking at that again. That just makes me very sad. <laughs> uh, Every time I've looked at that, that just makes me sadder and sadder. Oh, because you get to see how many people have died for nothing? No, just how much we've wasted our money. I think it would be more sad just to see how many people died for nothing. Look, like, look at Afghanistan. I mean, oh, yeah, many... in 2020, we were at 25 million. I mean, 25 trillion. Wait, I'm sorry, 2020, we were at 25 trillion? Yep. It's gone up 5 trillion? In two years. Oh, my God. See? In two years. God. In 2010, it was 12 trillion, and in oh 2000, it was five trillion. Can I? You know, people must have been panicking back then when it was like at five trillion. The day. 1990 it was two trillion. In 1980, it was 171 billion dollars. God that's, damn! Man. That's almost as much as we spend on our U.S. defense budget. Think about that. Think about that for a minute, people who are listening. In, in 1980, like when inflation was at its worst until now. Well, no, that would be the 70s. I think it leveled out in the 80s. 70s, but 80s, it was still not so good. Look, a house in the 70s was like four grand. A house in the, a house in the 80s was around 87,000 for a three bedroom. One kitchen, two bath home. Going off statistics of what my yeah. grandfather bought his house for when he moved. But but regardless, you know, eighties not the bestest of times, but still, our our debt was only in the billions. It's not good, but yeah, it's, right. a hell of, it's not a hell of a lot better. <laughs> it's a hell of a lot better than thirty trillion now. And the fact that it the fact that it went up by five trillion. Let, 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 let me repeat that. Five trillion dollars. In less than two years. In less than two years. Just shows you the the lack of care at this point. From the lack honest, of zoom tight. The, the lack of honest from, from either party about what how much money do we actually spend? Or how much money do we just print on command <laughs> covid was the biggest covid i think is honestly just the biggest reason why we bumped it up to five trillion because we just printed we we printed out so much money we spent so much money on all these like covid relief programs that now the money that those people got from covid has pretty much dried up you've either spent it all on on something stupid or you've spent it all and now your money is almost worthless. You know, congratulations. Welcome to the Biden era. Where your money will mean less and less the more days that go on. And the prices for everything will just go keep getting higher and higher. And you have to wonder how much longer people are going to be able to take this until they start to snap. Because the one thing that always drives revolutions is when people start to struggle to pay for food is when they start getting just a little bit antsy. Take the French Revolution, for example. Yeah, I'm getting a phone call from my boss. I'll be right back. Oh, sure. Go ahead. 
While he is busy talking to his boss, let, let me give you another, again, short history rant. Now, for anyone who doesn't exactly remember what they learned through high school or, or what they learned about the French Revolution, well, the French in the 18th century, it was pretty much, you know, kind of like how it was in the 1800s and 1900s, a model for, well, you know, culture. It was a very big cultural hub. And fairly wealthy until you get to around the American Revolution. Because you had the Seven Years' War, which France lost, had had spent an exorbitant amount of money on the war. Didn't help that uh, Britain would also ask for, you know, payments, reparations, I guess you could say, for damages caused. You know, that's normal, but still, bang, uh, France was uh, left a little bit out of pocket after that. The American Revolution didn't help, because when France entered in, they gave a lot of money to the United States, and not to mention contributed more money to helping the American war effort. But when America becomes a nation, it finds that it can't really pay off its debts nearly as quickly as the French would want it to. So France was left extremely out of pocket, and because of the whole estate system, which was pretty much a carryover from the feudal era, you know, basically the answer within the government was to tax the third estate, which was pretty much everyone who wasn't a clergyman or a noble. Lawyers, peasants, farmers, artisans, blacksmiths, craftsmen, you name it. Pretty much everyone else who wasn't a clergyman and a nobleman. And their taxes got higher. Didn't help also that a few sort of natural climatic disasters just like massive changes in the weather caused a dip in food production and the cost of bread fucking skyrocketed so it was then and really only then now it wasn't the years uh, wasn't solely the years of oppression that people went through it wasn't the overbearing taxes it was the fact that people were beginning to struggle to feed themselves that the French Revolution really kicked off. So when that happens here, or when that happens, you know, just worldwide, expect quite a bit of calamity because, you know, we thought that we were already having, you know, supply struggles because of COVID. Uh, so, you know, we thought that was going to be the worst of it. We thought, of, you know, we all kind of thought eventually it was going to smooth itself out. But this war's kind of thrown a major wrench in the works into that whole recovery idea, not to mention our current president. And now we're probably going to see quite a major hit the food supplies. I, I would not be surprised if, uh, you know, maybe if you've already seen stories about supermarket shelves being empty uh, while you're while you're in a shopping market and everything seems fine, you might think like, oh, you know, it's not much of a problem. There's like one or two items missing from your shop from your shopping list. But you know, it's it's not some it's not like it's something you can't get off of Amazon. But I think eventually we we will, we definitely will see heavy, heavy shortages coming uh, in the supermarkets when it comes to food. And I think it's something to be concerned about. It is definitely something to be very concerned about. If food suddenly starts becoming more and more of a scarcity, do not be surprised if people start getting a little bit more violent. Because again, food drives people in general. So when they can't obtain that, they will do anything to get it. 
because it's not just that, you know, they're hungry. It's the fact that they're worried about, okay, I may not be able to get food now, but when will I ever be able to get food? Like, am I going to be able to get food in the future? How am I going to get food for the future? How am I going to feed other people around me? It's, it's not just the hunger itself. It's the paranoia and the fear and the tension that it creates, the stress that not being able to obtain sustenance causes. And so we are going to be finding ourselves in some very interesting times. Very interesting times indeed. This whole the whole past two years so far seems to be nothing but us being inundated or being part of constant political or historic major historical events. Hell. You could say it goes back even farther than that. Probably all the way even down like 2016. Maybe even before then when the whole Black Lives Matter protests really start picking up. You know, that was a major that was a major historical event. Donald Trump being elected in 2016, major historical event. You know, 24 uh, I think it was like 2014 when Russia shot down that airliner and seized Crimea. Again, big historical event. So not this I, I could probably say that this has been starting ever since by like 2010. From 2010 is where you see a slow but sort of progressive. Okay. Progressive, oh, oh, Zach's back. I, I went on a I went on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, I went on a bit of a tangent talking about how we're finding ourselves in more and more his major historical events and how because of the potential food shortage that we might be i, I think maybe not potential we're, we're gonna get hit with a food shortage but i think we might end up with something close to the french revolution yeah maybe maybe not with guillotines rolling out but given how sort of how do i say what, what what was the phrase we used again? Describing people talking about uh telling people to buy Teslas, out of touch. That's yeah. it. how out of touch people are with like the lower classes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty reminiscent of the French Revolution, you know the the supposed line of Marie Antoinette telling the saying that oh let them eat cake. You know. Yeah. Hell, maybe maybe that's what we're gonna hear in the future now when the food shortage hits. Let them eat the bugs. God damn. I kid huh. you not. And the I when I answered the phone, I did that thing where I always get up and walk out of my room. It, it t- I was on that call for like thirty seconds at most. I came back, my dog had peed on my bed. <laughs> Instantly kicked her out of the house. Took all my sheets off. Went from a very happy camper to a not not a very happy camper very fast. Why why does your dog do that? Because she hates me. <laughs> because she hates Oh come on. At first I thought it was me because when I found her, she was in my bed, so I slammed my water bottle down. Water bottle seal was pristine. <laughs> so it wasn't me. So she's out of the house for right now. She might be out for the rest of the night. That was spying. Well, I mean at least it's not winter. Uh, if it was winter, she has a little doghouse with a light on. Oh, okay. So she, yeah, she, I don't she know was an out, she was an outside dog till like last year. See, yeah, I don't know the layout of 
where you live. So I don't know if well, what's there and what's not. Oh, she just kind of vibes around the neighborhood. Mm. She usually stays in between me and my grandparents, which is just across the street. Okay, wait. Okay, I I know this is gonna be off topic for like the podcast, but what what exactly is the neighborhood you live like? Uh, forest. It's like a semi in the woods type. But do you live like in like a trailer or something? Like, well, what's the home? Okay. My one goal in life is to not live in a trailer, but I could see how it's unnecessary for some, some Americans to stay in a budget to live in a trailer, and I really don't look down on it, but I hope I never have to. I mean, that's usually like the big stereotype for people who live down south. You know, they live in trailer parks. You'd be surprised how many people put just a trailer on their house. I mean, on their land. and just go, yep, that's good enough. You know, I'm not all that surprised. I mean, it's a fairly cheap way of living. Like like you said, I wouldn't exactly look down upon it. It's a budgeted lifestyle. You know, you make do with what you can. That's honestly, like, that's honestly sort of life that I've sort of want to live, like, budgeted. Because living, you know, in this sort of rich neighborhood, I can't... I can tell you this, it's no longer really a budget. It costs the same to put in a house as it is to put in a trailer. Mm. But like, I, sort, I've just sort of wanted to live like more humble, because you know, again, living in this sort of rich neighborhood, I, I, I can't help but feel like spoiled unnecessarily. So, okay, yeah, because I am freaking New Yorker. You don't know what it's like to live in the the boonies to sort of try to live off the land. <laughs> All you know is concrete jungle. All I know is suburban houses. All you know is uh, eat hot chip and lie. And I, I know I, I've never, I've never really been to a Starbucks, but they're all over the place here. All I know is Starbucks, been... Chick Fil A. <laughs> I've been to a Starbucks like twice, and I don't. I'm not a coffee drinker. I, I drink tea mostly. So yeah. Oh, well, I, I drink coffee like a madman, but I refuse to go to Starbucks. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to be caught in, you know, that, that, that cesspool of modernity. I think the only... I've drank coffee, like, on a single-hand amount of times. I have... I drink coffee, like, two or three times a day. Jesus. It, it's like a necessity of my life now. To where, like, if I don't drink it, I will probably be asleep by two. Sad. But hey, listen, I live with it. I'm fine with it. I just don't go to Starbucks. I refuse to go to Starbucks. That's the, that's the only part I'm happy with, that I don't go to Starbucks. Sad. Because it's just, it's just a staple of, of rich college student. Rich white get, people like and, you, and, you. And ex, an ex, getting expensive frappe mocha or whatever sort of frappe con chino patolino. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what sort of coffees like nowadays people drink because the coffee I have, you know, simple ground beans, hot water. You put it in a cup. You put like two small packets of Splenda sugar in there, and that's it. The only times I drink it, it was when when I do drink it, the on the number uh, times on one hand, I've drank it just straight black. Straight black. 
Straight black. Oh, I couldn't do that. There's a joke there, but I won't make it. God damn it, Zach. Well, I know jo- I, I know what you're thinking. It's the joke I saw from that kid on like the airplanes. Like I like my coffee like I like my men. Oh I, my god, I've seen that. And that dude like turn and that little kid turns to the little girl's like, What? Like, what the hell? Because it, that, it, it looked like they were like from the 60s or something. So yeah. I was like, whoa. That, that was certainly a. You know, their humor was kind of based. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you heard it here, folks. He supports the. Uh, <laughs> he supports George Wallace. No, 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 no. Someone of your age, do you even know who George Wallace is? Uh, he was a major supporter of segregation in Alabama, if I remember correctly. Yes. I, I remember him at least. You know, I mean, you, I mean, you forget. You I, know I studied. Rockwall is who? Uh, Rockwall. Rockwall. Yeah. Okay, George that one Rockwell? I'm not. That one I'm not familiar with. You don't. Uh, you don't. Uh, <laughs> you don't know George Lincoln Rockwall. I mean, I have a distinct feeling it's going to have something to do with the civil rights movement. But feel free I to mean, enlighten me. He was friends with Malcolm X. Do you know where I'm going with this? Are you gonna... He was the leader of the American Nazi Party. Which is surprising, since he was alright with Malcolm X. Okay, wait. A friend of Malcolm X, but leader of the American Nazi Party? I mean, they had the same idea. Malcolm X wanted them to go home, man. Same idea? (laughs) What? Here, hold on. Let me see if no, I can find that picture of no. George. You have no, you you you're, you have to be lying to me. There's no way that Malcolm Malcolm X and well, I and think those two were semi okay with each other. That's I a, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Ah, uh, here it is. They they joined Malcolm X at the Amer- at the American Black Muslim meeting. Here's a photo of it. Rockwall's the the, middleman. What? The fact that there's... No. No, no, no. no. If you heard some of the interviews of Rockwall, he was uh, pretty funny, not gonna lie. He had gone up in front of a committee and he was talking to a reporter afterwards and the reporter's like, do you know they're all Jewish? And he looks at the camera like, what? And he busts out laughing. (laughs) So he's basically what, like, if if uh, MacArthur probably ever ran for president, <laughs> would, uh, I mean, this is uh, basically him. I mean, I'm not sure if MacArthur was a Nazi, but <laughs> good God, man! Let's see. Oh, here's an actual. Oh, I've never seen him in color. Like, it's okay, funny but, for talking about him. Yeah, but like, no, okay, okay. So no one who's listening to this <laughs> can actually see what we're looking at. But what I am looking at is three white. Chad. Men. Three white. <laughs> God, no, Zach, no, no. I was trying to make you say it, and I thought I could get you to say it with that. No, three, th- three white as white as can be men wearing swastika armbands, just SA up, uniforms, dressed up in SA uniforms, in uh, in, a, in a black in a black Muslim meeting, <laughs> and and and, I, and I'm not even saying that like to generalize. That's literally what it's called. That's that's a <laughs> caption for this photo. <laughs> Black Muslim in Washington D.C. Oh, like I'm, I'm not even gonna read what what that says in the last picture. No, I can't. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wait, I, I I love it how when I looked up 
<laughs> Link and Rockwall. I see the uh, man in the high castle. Yeah, but this is like the last thing I would have oh expected. There's a photo of his house. If there was a, if there's a picture, oh god! <laughs> they built a I bet you didn't expect that, house. did you? I bet you didn't expect that, huh? Oh my god! American history is kind of whack, people. If if you look, if you look oh, like so really so deep into it. Okay, listen. If there's a picture of the sky with Malcolm X, I'll, I'm gonna fucking die. Uh, there's a photo of him and Martin Luther King Jr. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's my. This is my favorite photo of him, by the way. It is so like worlds oh collide. God, it why? is so worlds no. collide. It is amazing. He wasn't <laughs> lying. He was not lying. It's fucking Robert Blackwell. Oh, <sighs> uh, I don't know if this is true. Blackwell and MLK in the same picture, looking each other in the eye. Be, this would be like if you got like Richard Spencer and George no, Soros in, oh, no. in the same. You room. can't call you can't put Lincoln Rockwell Richard Spencer in the same sentence. Richard Spencer ain't no Nazi. He's more of a government tool at this point. More like well, he, controlled he, opposition. Well, he believes like a he doesn't he like believe in a white ethno state or something. No, I don't think so. Well, I th- I remember he argued for that during like a debate once. He probably did, but that man is. That man's as fed as you can ever be. You you think he? Well, we're getting to conspiracy territory already. This is gonna be like, I don't know how far you want to take this. Uh, like in the last fifty minutes, or like I don't know how if you want to go even farther than that. Like honestly, we could go for three hours if you want. But <laughs> you, you think that Richard Spencer's the fed? I believe he's a fed. There ain't no way you're gonna tell me, especially that the state would not want their hands in controlled oppositions like that. Well, I mean, I think that there's, like, feds imbued into a lot of movements. Hell, I think there were probably feds during the riots in the summer of 2020 who were probably trying to instigate riots. And, you know, that th- that wouldn't surprise me. I think that there were feds in, like, January 6th. That's really going to get no, me. There definitely point. were feds in January 6th. There's evidence of that. Oh, oh, yeah, but, like, no one will want to talk about it or people will slam it immediately as misinformation. Like, I think there were feds there the same as I think there were in the summer of 2020. Let's see. But 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 Richard Spencer though, I mean that's a, I honestly here's the thing, I honestly don't know a lot about him. All I know is that everyone made fun of him for you know being this crazy right right wing white supremacist guy. I remember he got punched in the face by a member of Antifa, and that spawned a whole slew of articles basically saying it's okay to punch people if they're if they're a Nazi or if they, or if they disagree with you politically. <laughs> like like that didn't backfire at all. Like that can't be used against you at all. Goddamn idiots, but like, yeah, that's only that's really the only thing I know about him, other yeah. than the fact <laughs> that he also got in the bait with Carl Benjamin, also known as Sargon of Akkad. The weird times that Nazis made common cause with the black nationalist oh, called dude, the Nation you, of Islam. It's weird though, like, could you really say it's a common cause and Oh God! I'm I'm going. To, I was going I'm about to read this article, but it opens up with the one of the most raw lines. I can't say. Oh God! Like, but do you really? Th- nah, there's no way that could. Uh, like, do you really think they would have oh, common? I, okay, but, but with the picture of him and like Martin Luther King, do you think any of them would really have common ground? Uh, not Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. 
I just wonder why would he be there with like Martin Luther King though? That's like so weird. Uh, that was a debate. They wanted they were scheduling a debate, I guess, a, or something a, like that. A, or he a, just a, met up for opposition. A, a debate in the middle of the street. God. Uh, well, no, they were setting it up like, hey, I will debate you. That you know what? I would have paid to see that. <laughs> yeah, but I think <laughs> Martin Luther got shot by a Remington rifle before that could happen. Oh, this so this was uh, not too long before he got assassinated. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read a couple slits out of this article. Okay, well, what's the article you're reading? Just so it's if anyone called did... The Weird Time Nazis Made a Common Cause with the Black Nationalists from some place called Ooh. The National Post. The National Post? I have no idea what this is. Oh, boy. But it was the first. I can actually go to Vice or something like that. I don't even. Actually, I trust Vice. the National Post over Vice. Really? <laughs> I mean, at least Vice people have heard of. Yeah, okay. Uh, looking, out, looking out over a sea of 12,000 black faces at the Chicago International Amphitheater, American Nazi Party leader George Lincoln Rockwell told the crowd that their last best chance for a black uplift was an alliance with the Nazis. What? I'm What I'm about to say, I'm going to bleep out the, 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 the naughty word, but you know that we all call you blank. He said, "But we would, but wouldn't you rather be confronted by honest white men to tell you to your face what others all say behind your back?" <laughs> Dressed in the full Nazi uniform, he had been invited oh. by the rally's organizers, You've the Black Nationalist Nation of Zion, uh, Islam, whose leader <laughs> he soon <laughs> praised as the Adolf Hitler of the Black. <laughs> Wait, he he was invited. It was one of the oddest political phenomena of the 1960s, and a decade riff with political extremism, two seemingly polar opposite groups were so radical that they found themselves sharing the same goals. In the 1930s, the Nation of Islam was an American movement that married Islamic teachings with black nationalism, led by Elijah Muhammad. By the 1960s, it adopted the same goals, carving out a separate black-only corner of the United States. 20 million ex-slaves must be permanently separated from our former slave masters and placed on some land that we call our own, said in a 1963 speech by Malcolm X. X said that the only way to create our own jobs, control our own economy, solve our own problems instead of waiting for on the American white man to solve our problems for us. The American Nazi Party, in turn, was founded by Rockwall in 1950. In the late 1950s, although largely forgotten now, Rockwell checks all the boxes the near-perfect American historical villain. Uh, let's oh, see. Gee, man, this, I, I this think Hitler a was a gift dream. from Providence. Rockwell said it in an interview with CNN. No, no. <laughs> uh, before civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. was giving this "I Have a Dream" speech on the Lincoln Memorial, Rockwell attempted to stop it with a counter demonstration of ten thousand pro segregationists. Oh my! God damn, this guy is. Uh. Oh, is this the dude? Oh, he was the dude that made the hate bus. When Freedom Riders came to desegregate public transportation in the American South, Rockwell was torn around in what he deemed a hate bus. <laughs> I can't. I can't. This is... When Rockwell was photographed in 1961 by famed Jewish uh, photojournalist Eve Arnold, he kissed at her. I'll make a soap bar out of you. Rockwell was so okay. trash and hateful that he repeatedly failed to obtain even the barest acknowledgement of the most anti-civil rights polit uh, politicians of the era. I don't, I, this guy got invited by the Nation of Islam to be in their oh. route. 
Oh, is is a freaking part of it. But by God. 1961, Klan members had began to view black nationalism as a pleasing alternative to the growing U.S. movement towards nonviolent integration. Oh, my God. As a gesture of goodwill, the Klan reportedly offered more than 20,000 acres of Georgian land to the Nation of Islam, intending to kickstart an exodus of black Americans to segregated homelands. Speaking just before his death in 1968, Malcolm X said that he personally reviewed the Klan's offer and brokered a truce between the two organizations. What the hell? <laughs> God, it's miraculous because nowadays, like, people will fight, like, legitimately fist fight over being, like, one person slightly more right-leaning of Stalin. But like, we vilify people in the, in the modern mainstream, just for being like a, a libertarian, but now, but in the fucking sixties, you had you had the leader of the American Nazi Party being invited to rallies by the Nation of Islam, and just sitting there with with everyone dressed in SA uniforms, Nazi armbands, the whole nine yards, okay, just sitting there as being this. part of the rally. All right. They want a chunk of America. I prefer to go to Africa. Was how Rockwell described the. Oh my difference. god! An original. It wasn't an original idea though. Twice in U.S. history, in fact, new African countries, Sierra Leone and Liberia, have been founded by exiled American blacks. Racism isn't just going to work, Rockwell said in 1966 with Alex Haley, the future author of both Roots and the autobiography of Malcolm X. He added, I think, therefore, that we should take billions of dollars now being wasted on foreign aid to communist countries which hate us and give the money to our own word to build their own civilized nation in Africa. While speaking with Holly Rockwell, used the word 80 <laughs> times in the term Martha Luther raccoon five times. Haley, in turn, would politely use Rockwell's preferred affiliation of commander. Commander? <laughs> Rockwell made official contact twice with the Nation of Islam. In 1961, he had several uniformed swastika and basalt supporters attend a massive Nation of Islam rally in D.C., where Rockwell nobly donated $20 to the cause. You, you've got the biggest hand you ever got, joked Speaker Malcolm X, as the crowd delivered a smashing applause for the Nazi. He gave 20 bucks to them. He gave a speech there. He got he got like joke joke accolades by Malcolm X. Oh, here here is a classic. The second time was Rockwell's 1962 appearance noted in the opening, although Rockwell had the full backing of his Elijah Muhammad, his speech including his Heil Hitler closer reportedly being <laughs> jitters from the crowd. It wasn't a matter, it wasn't just a pack of convenience. Rockwell seemed to generally revere black national leaders who had built much larger and more organized movement than he would ever manage. Uh, <laughs> he must think I'm nuts, was X's reply. <laughs> Rockwell told Nazis, other Nazis, that Elijah Muhammad's followers were admiral humans being in spite of their color. The Nazi leader told Haley he admired Malcolm X's courage and... <laughs> Even wished to launch a joint back to Africa speaking tour with the black leader. Oh my god! This timeline, I can't deal. The timeline's always been fucked. I've come to realize that it's just always been fucked. Oh my god. I feel like every. Every few decades, there's like just this time where no one knows what's going on. 
the 60s was definitely that time, but I didn't think it was to the point where you could get leaders of the American Nazi Party dressed in full Hitler uniform showing up to Nation of Islam meetings. Like, uh, uh, there's more. Are you going to read in more? In a speech in UCLA in May 1967, only four months before his death, Rockwell told a loud de- derivative audience that Jews were warmongers, profiteers, liars, communist sympathizers, and traitors. From now on, when they ever, whenever they haul one of those communist spies, you're going to notice the length of the nose. And that's the end of the article. I don't know why it ends on that comment, but it does. I heard it here first, folks. Uh, I found the Twitter page of whoever posted that article. Twitter page? God, let's good, see. Good, uh, good let's, let's take uh, Rockwell's post- initiative and check their nose. Pr- proudly. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh my God, this photo is actually hilarious. No way. This guy's awesome. <laughs> Look at this photo. He has his Twitter promo picture. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, that's that's pretty funny. Not gonna lie. Okay, okay. It's not incriminating for people it, listening. It's just it's just literally just him, him with like drunk glasses on. Yeah, and wearing like a nice dress shirt and a black tie. That's it. That's it's just a funny picture. It's nothing incriminating yet. That's funny. Uh oh, this guy also in 2018. Unto proven otherwise, I'm declaring myself the creator of the largest rice crispy treat. Square in Canada, and he has this humongous crispy treat square. Is there any clue as to why he wrote decided to write this very interesting and eye-opening article? I have or, no idea. Well, that that article, God knows how old it is. Honestly, uh, twenty seventeen. Twenty seven. Okay, so only a year before his his renowned Rice crispy Treat comment. <laughs> I mean, I'm, what can I say except to the Rice Krispie Treat? That is a very big Rice Krispie Treat. It is huge. Uh, I never thought this episode would go down this route. Well, you know, you learn something new every day. You, know? you learn something new every day. Did you know that Nazis got along with black nationalists? I mean, look, at some point when two goals collide, you got to realize something. But it's, I don't yes. This, I know, wait, this article, they, someone, Ukrainian art, artist put the old propaganda photo about Germany, like where they're getting all their money and stuff, and put it over the Russians now. <sighs> oh, God. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I don't, I don't like how you're saying, oh, I'm very concerned. They're all like, have you ever seen them old propaganda photos of the cartoon, like, gentlemen were they're always like very like they're all their stuff is very extreme. all their facial features are very exaggerated yeah this dude's got like the greenest skin and the longest nose possible it is disgusting oh, and this one it, dude that looks like winston churchill but if he was like 500 pounds fatter okay so like the first one you mentioned, I'm going to take a guess. It's anti-semitic propaganda I, I don't know i don't know if you can say that because he has a swastika uh, button on it Oh, so it's just meant to look like a goblin. Okay, fair enough. Goblin. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just gonna send that picture, by the way, of Blackwell in the Nation of Islam meeting to a group chat with my friends. I'm just gonna say, so uh, I learned something new today. 
Did you know that the Nazis like black people? Did you know that the Nazis made friends with Malcolm X? Yeah, I didn't know either. <laughs> Until this guy from Louisiana told me and showed me pictures. Uh, American history, everyone. You know, just, uh, just, just some interesting things in this world sometimes. Apparently... Steam stops all payments to Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine. Ah, that's a new... I guess that's something new to talk about. Russians will no longer be able to get their their hentai games off of Steam. God, that's going to suck for indie developers, though. It's going to suck for just a lot of people in Russia. I can't... You see, I don't... That's the one thing I'll never get. Is if you're going to really strike at the heart of this nation, why are you hurting the people more than anything? I think they're hoping that they're just going to piss the people off so much that it'll just cause a revolution or something. I, I, don't, it I takes, don't know. How long did the Russian Empire stand for? That's a very good question. The Romanovs, specifically the Romanov dynasty, reigned for like 300 years. From like the, six, the Russian Empire. From like, Google. The, from like the 1600s to the, from 1917. 1721 to 1917. Okay, but the Romanovs ruled it for a little bit longer. So at one point, at what point do you call it like the Russian Empire? Uh, because that's like the interesting uh, question. Let me look at the. Uh, it started with Peter the Great. Peter the Great. So, okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay. pr- oh, before that, it was the Tsardom of Russia. Okay, so name wise, from 1547 to seventeen twenty one. Okay. And before that, uh, nothing. So about four hundred years that the Russian, I guess the Russian Empire in quotes, not Empire with a capital E, survived. So it's going to take that amount of time for the Russian people to revolt. Because yeah, maybe like I, I don't know. I feel like just just what happened was happened to Russia. It suffered through. What people only thought could only happen on Twitter. They got canceled. Just no one is no longer. It's just going to make the Russian people hate us even more. Well, yeah, it's, it plays right into sort of Putin's hands, I guess. Immediately. Gonna, it, it, it would be hilarious if they topple Putin and put like a warmongering like tard on there. So he just like instantly starts launching missiles. God, it's gonna be like Modern Warfare all over again. Well, no. Modern Warfare's, the whole idea was it was a terrorist attack that was made to look like the Americans. Well, still, like, the the whole Russian Civil War from, like, the first game eventually, you know, the ultranationalists win. No, the ultranationalists didn't win. The ultranationalists were going to win until the SAS stepped in. Wait, didn't they put, like, like in the beginning of Modern Warfare Two, the, I, we're going again with these weird tangents. Modern Warfare well, Two, like right. the beginning, didn't oh, they put up like a statue of Zakayev? Yeah, like, but that was more along the lines of Makarov's people that were like the because in Modern Warfare Three, the Russian president who was ru- president during Modern Warfare Two, uh, who was trying to broker peace talks because they know what they were doing was all because it, of Makarov, and that's when Makarov kidnapped the president and his daughter. Uh, well, I mean, but weren't they also kind of like losing the war? Well, they were in Paris. Keep that well, in mind. I, oh, okay, after he got kidnapped was when they invaded Paris. Uh, 
I don't think so. And like the in like Modern Warfare Two, you know, they attack they attack the United States. I mean, I'm turned right now. <laughs> Oh, let me let me load he, up Modern Warfare Three real quick. He likes to look he, at the missions. He, he, he likes to switch up his games a lot. Everyone, he's a connoisseur. He has a he has a party platter of games. I don't even want to talk about games. I've wasted my entire life on them, and it's something. You know, if you waste your time on something too long, at some point you just go, "Well, I've got to keep it." It's that. Yeah. That's yeah. me. It's like a job. Yeah. You've been you've been there for long enough. They don't really want to leave. God help me. Well, what is loaded up model for three, and it just says you have no data. <laughs> I can't look at the mission select list, but yeah, I think I think the mission that the president gets kidnapped is post uh, the invasion sure? of Paris. I because sure. you're you go help the GIGN. Well, yeah, you help Paris. the GIGN, but you you help them capture the bomb maker. The guy who made like yeah. the chemical bombs. There the chemical bomb. Right the chemical bombs happened warfare. after Three. the president got kidnapped. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I can look at the Wikipedia page for Modern Warfare. Uh, da, 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 da. Levels. Okay. All right. Prologue. So let's see. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, it is. It is turbulence. Uh, it's the fifth mission. It protect the Russian president from unknown hijackers. Yes. But okay. that's that's right before the the chemical weapons get detonated, or during when the chemical weapons get detonated in Paris and all that. I told you. But they had taken uh Germany and all that by that time. I think doesn't the Battle of Berlin have happen after that mission though? Well, that's when the Americans are retaking it. Oh, uh, okay, fair enough. Okay, so they'd gotten so, decently far, but they were repulsed from the United States, or were so. or or were being yeah. repulsed because they were on the East Coast in two, and they were still on the East Coast in three. Yeah, I think they were. Just, okay, yeah, help the GI Jane find Volk in Paris, capture Volk, uh, and the then beginning, beginning of Bar Warfare three. I think they were just mopping up like the Russians from New York City. Yeah, they were they were pushing them out of New York. I'm trying to figure out which one is the uh... Iron Ladies when the one with the Eiffel Tower goes in. I know that one. Yep. Prague. That's when we sneak into Prague to assassinate. Oh, you gotta love this. Blood, new... Blood Brothers. That's a sad mission, bro. Uh, I saw. The, I just got this new okay. story coming uh, out, coming out as soon as you're done. All right, scorched earth battle against the Russians in Berlin and find the Russian president's daughter. So yeah, that's like the third. That's the third to last mission. Another. So they they basically took all the. <laughs> oh my god! Well, they didn't take all of Europe. They got the pretty far. They got into France. That's good enough. Is it really though? I mean, the I Germans. Mean, the Germans got in the with, France. With the oh. entire Western world after you. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. I mean, when you do it by surprise, come on, you can get pretty far. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, but in in news coming out today, oh, Biden goes for bike ride at the beach as Ukraine president warns of third world war. This is coming from Fox News. Of course, that's that's the news I won right there. Oh, I forgot they had survival mode. Survival mode was awesome. 
Oh, and apparently Clarence Thomas has been hospitalized with an infection. Who's yeah, that? Uh, the Supreme Court Justice. Well, uh, one of them. Yeah. I uh, I hope I hope he hope he gets better. Hope he comes back. Would prefer you know, and we we prefer you know for someone not to die. What are you talking about? Oh, and from Reuters, Russian Navy commander killed in Ukraine. From the governor of Sevastopol, apparently. Good. So yeah, all these uh Is there a lot of how the fuck does a fleet commander get killed? He was out, just in the fleet, just vibing. Next thing you know, kaboom. That's something else I've been hearing is like the Ukrainians have been using like a lot of anti-ship missiles and they've actually been working, <laughs> strangely enough. Oh this my a, god. There's all so much stuff going on in Ukraine in regards to this war, man. It's hard to keep track at this point. Yeah, this man, this this has been a a wild and crazy episode. I I, I appreciate all of you just like <laughs> sitting sitting through the book. I, I hate to go off on a tangent again. Oh, I have okay. to say go, this, man. HD. Off. Go on. This will be the, our last the engine. The engine they made Modern Warfare 3 with, the IW engine, which is Infinity Ward engine. The latest game they made with it was a heavily modified version of the IW engine uh, for Black Ops Cold War, so the most recent Call of Duty. The right. first Call of Duty they made with it was Call of Duty 2 back in 2005. <sighs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's the thing. Okay, and that's the thing I have against like video game companies is that once they make an engine and it's like decent, they will never get rid of it. They make Quantum Souls. I forgot about this game. They'll like do minor <laughs> updates with it, but the engine is they just they, they just don't bother making new ones because you know they just want to cut costs. All they wanted was Victor Resnov. <laughs> And and, and it's at the detriment of, like, all their modern games now, because at some point the engine just, like, the 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 pressure put onto it is just too overbearing, and you start getting some problems. And that's why, yeah. I, like, I prefer that there be a newer engine. I prefer the companies would stop being so lazy when it comes to making video games now. And not, not, every, and not every company does this, you know. But there's a lot that do. And the Call of Duty franchise is just one of those franchises, kind of like Battlefield, where they just keep the same engine, don't update it, basically make the same game over and over again with no, like, worthwhile improvements. But with that slight tangent out of the way, I think we could probably call it a night here. Uh, We thank you all for... uh, listening in on this episode has been a little bit wild uh this certainly went places that i didn't think uh i didn't think it would you know we learned about the the interesting (laughs) american history of when nazis were invited to black nationalist rallies we talked about how social media is a detriment to society and then we talked about video games for a bit but you know we hope that you enjoyed this i guess more casual sort of low down conversation uh and so i guess we'll see you on the next episode bye everyone